Welcome, everybody, to the show, Paranormal Roundtable, PRT for short. My name is Josh Turner. Everyone calls me Wolf, or they call me Sir or Mr. or Miss Wolf, if you must. I was just joking. They better not call me that. There'll be some, some weird stuff going on there. So, uh, yeah, here we are. We're going to talk tonight about a um, uh, pretty, uh, pretty uh, important subject, I guess, when it comes to uh, my show and what I we we've discussed this on another on Dogman Encounters, and so we're going to get back to it. It's been it's been a, a you know several episodes since we've actually talked about it, but I like to get my ducks in a row when I do this episode, so that's what we're going to get into. But before we do that, I'm going to talk about the email address. That's prt uh, Josh Turner at prtpodcast.com, and we have a website which is prtpodcast.com. And I have a group called Paranormal Roundtable, and I'm joined by my co-host. Nellie. And Nellie, you have a group. Paranormal Lounge. Paranormal Lounge. And you can go in there and have your nice little cocktail and just kick back and... Uh... Go home haunted. <laughs> there you go. And then we also have Paranormal Encounters, which is Tony uh, Mushu's group. And we have uh, Whisper to a Scream, which is uh, Ryan Paul Tremblay's group. And we've all we all kind of consolidated into one big conglomerate of paranormal roundtable. Um, Ryan Trembley and me are trying to get it get it on track so that we can start dropping a show every Sunday, um, which is which is going to be uh, a regular thing. But he's still trying to get his PC thing taken care of. Uh, folks, don't forget about the the art contest, the Willie Williams art contest. This is the second one we're doing. It's for February, and it is Goatman. So draw Goatman, and you may win some pretty cool swag and some money. We're giving away money, folks. Just draw a Goatman, okay? Just draw it. It doesn't make, it doesn't have to look. I had two people already send me their submissions, believe it or not, and then say, don't put those out there. That wasn't my best work. And I'm like, <laughs> please just let me post what you drew because I, I, it looks fine. Okay, it looks great. You look, it looks awesome. You know, maybe it's Maybelline. Okay, I don't know. It just you look, you look wonderful. Okay, uh, but the bottom line is, they're just like, well, I don't think it's my best work and whatever. You know who you are, and I think it's, I think you did a great job, sir and ma'am, the two people that did that to me. Um, but I guess they're redrawing it, so whatever. Uh, got a couple other guys that have already drawn some, drawn some epic. Uh, stuff. Uh, Roger Carter, of course, he, his is going to be, it's pretty epic. And Jason McFadden, I don't know, those two are pretty, pretty good. But, you know, folks, an 11 year old child, you know, wonderful kid, she won second place. Okay. So anybody can win this thing. You know, I'm not saying that she was, she did a good job, but uh, anybody can, can join. They're like, well, I don't know if it's my best work. You know, we're not, we're not, you know, it's not going to be in a museum. Okay. You're just going to, it's just for PRT guys. Okay. So anyways, I'm joined my co-host Nellie, my beautiful, wonderful wife, um, a little bit naggy, but I love her. And then my, my overbearing and obnoxious nephew, who's always pistol whipping me and trying to beat, the, beat stories out of me, you know. Well, it's not an easy job, but someone's got to do it. He's like Michael Jackson's dad. It's a thankless job, really. It's to, to, to throw things at me and you know, force me to do this. Yeah. I didn't even want to record tonight. I've, had, I've been so slammed since the ice storm here in Texas that we have had, what, how many accounts we got going? 12? Just about, yeah. It's unbelievable. And we're, and we're like hiring people off the street. We're like, hey, buddy, you know, put, put down the change buck and come, come, put down the squeegee on the street corner and just get, come to work. All right. And uh, so, yeah, we're hiring people out of the jack-in-the-box drive-thru at this point, folks. Hand out badges get, left and right. We, we are trying to get people. I'm calling up, like, family members, and they're like, no. It's me, immediately, immediately when they answer, hey, how you doing, Uncle? Ah, no. Okay, all right, fine. All right, you got me. I was going to ask you to work. But uh, Anthony's like, hey, the show must go on. We got to get it done. So this is all part of the dogman deal we're doing for the next two months or whatever. Uh, once we're done with this one, then we'll have Carrie Eaton come on and she's going to talk about her dogman experiences. She's has the biggest dogman group around. Um, so Carrie, we haven't forgotten about you, but, uh, yeah, what we're going to talk about tonight, do you want to tell the folks what we're going to talk about? 
Yeah, we've had a lot of people ask about this subject over and over and over, especially in the live streams. Every single Tuesday on on the on the Tuesday live streams, we get questions about uh, Hernandez Ranch. Everybody wants to go back there. Everybody wants to hear about if there's anything new regarding it, and that's what this week's episode is going to be all about. Yeah, and we did Joe's story, and the Hernandez people are, that's not their real names. There are people that me, Anthony, uh, my brother and Scorpion all know personally, Tony. Um, we, all, we all know these people. We worked with them at a very large co- for a very large construction company. They have branched out, and they're doing um, – the brothers kind of split. Now they're not enemies. They're, they just they just got so big that they had to divide the company up. And one of them is working in South San Antonio, and the other one's still working up here. And they are doing a lot of work, uh, construction work for for these very large uh, companies. Uh, they're basically contractors, but they have a big a big uh, a big thing going. So one of them is is the one is the focus of tonight's episode, and and his name is Robbie. You may know him as Robbie. Now I'm gonna I'm gonna go over I'm gonna do an overview of his story that I told on Dogman Encounters episode 116 because I remember this one like like it was yesterday. I had gotten his brother Jerry to tell me a, a few things, and he said, "Look, I got some stories, but I got my uncles and my brothers and my neighbors that can tell you stories about these creatures, these dogman creatures." So that's what we're gonna touch. We're gonna talk about. We're going to get into that. But do you want to announce the, uh, what is it, the Patreon? Do all that? Oh, right, yeah. Uh, if you don't know already, we have a Patreon up. And uh, we, we have three tiers uh, just for now. It's a brand new thing. It's, it's a work in progress. But uh, we have a $3, $5, and $10 a month tier. And a $1,000. Well, yeah. I mean, you can do that if you want. Sure. You, you can you can pledge whatever monthly amount you want. And a $10,000. Yeah. That, that's, that, would be, that would be awesome. If it, if it, <laughs> If at least one person could could be that generous, those be great. are for the celebrities out there that listen to my show. All, all all one of you. Yeah, yeah, we're kind of a big deal. Yeah, I listen yeah. to myself. I consider myself a celebrity. <laughs> but when it comes to the, the links for the Patreon, for the Facebook, for the website, for the merchandise shop, pretty much anything and everything that that Wolf goes over uh, in the intro, you can find the links down down below in the description box. There's everything you need, as well as the. Uh, Credit all of our Patreon producers. So, and we do a Q and A on Tuesdays. Yeah, and that's another thing. The Q and A. If you're if you're listening on uh, iTunes or Spotify or any of the any of the other myriad of platforms that we are on, uh, we do do a live stream Q and A uh, on Tuesdays. But that's only on YouTube. So, so if you want to be a part of that, it's it's a video live stream. That Wolf does every Tuesday at 7.30 p.m. Central Time. Uh, But you will have to come over to YouTube. And also, we get paid by YouTube. So if you're listening to us on Spotify or or any of the other um, platforms, do us a big favor and just go to the YouTube channel and like and subscribe, please. And, uh, you know, whatever. Listen to the show on there if you want. Listen to it however you want. But that's we get paid for that, and that actually helps support the show. Other thing I was going to talk about uh, really quickly before we get into the to the stories of the Hernandez Ranch, we encourage everyone to um, join our Paranormal Roundtable groups group or whatever because it keeps you abreast on what's going on Paranormal Roundtable, um, and so. That is something that we encourage, even if you're not on Facebook, if you would just go just, just to be a part of our group and join and, and add, you know, your flavor to the to the group. Um, Paranormal Roundtable, please. Uh, that's the group. We're trying to grow it and um, reach as many people as we can because uh, we, we have uh, a lot to talk about and we want you to hear it. So that being said, uh, this is a big subject. It's hard to tackle. I don't even know where to begin. <clears throat> but I – but. Um, so what happened was in Dogman Encounters with Vic Cundiff on episode 116, which became a very big uh, story, a very big show, um, it, it was uh, very popular. And then it led into 136 and 137 because I did more research and I began to talk to these people more and more. And it just just turned into you know, the story of these people. And then it went into the history they told me the history and all the things that had gone on. 
they had basically been battling with these entities for a long time. And, but it still continues to this day and it's gotten, I, I, I'm, I'm very convinced that these things are almost at war with these people. I mean, it's like, they're not, it's not stopping, you know, there was sort of a Pax Romana when Stripes, and if you don't know who Stripes is, you can go back, I think, to 136. Is that it? I believe so. And it'll talk about who he was. And there was kind of, like I said, a tr- like a truce when he was around, but then he's gone and everything just kind of went to... Uh, Wolves? Can I, can I say hell in a handbasket? Yeah. Kind of kind of went to that. And so everything went to the dogs. Yeah, the dog man. Um, and so once he was gone and, and of course, Abel kind of predicted that, you know, that that was, that was only going to be a, a finite amount of time that they were going to have. And I think it was actually, to me, I'm going to, I'm going to say this, I'm going to go out on a limb and say this. I think that they were, that was a, a amount of time that they were given to get the heck off of that property. Honestly, I think that that's what these things want. I think that they wanted them gone, maybe not just from the property, but just, you know, they, they just wanted them uh they wanted them uh, away from them or something and that's you know so it didn't happen and so they are sort of i guess uh for lack of a better term haunted by these things uh in the last installment of, of the 100th episode the return to hernandez ranch we talked about joe and joe would be robbie and jerry's uncle okay and jerry uh, is the guy I met that, that not not that I met first, uh, you know, uh, necessarily, but the person that I talked to first about these things, and he's the one that I kind of made friends with, and I'm still kind of friends with now. Um, but but I made friends with all of them, but Jerry was the one that I kind of you know clicked with, you know, and so he introduced me to his brothers, his cousins, his uncles, his his aunts, his, his everybody, and then I ended up meeting his neighbors and their families and their friends. And Robbie was his younger brother. Now, Robbie's story in 116, I'll go over that real quick. Um, He was out hunting, and he saw a creature about 100 yards out, uh, reddish-brown, that he had never seen before, and it was in this area they called the Holler. And he had some binoculars. He was out hunting, looking for hogs. And uh, which are a nuisance animal in Texas, we try to kill them because they are absolutely just horrific animals here. So they tear up property, they kill lives. They're just, they're just, they're a nuisance animal, and you can actually get paid to kill them here in Texas. But anyway, they're they're trying to keep them off their property and clear them out. Um, they had had in, 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 uh, incidents with these dogman creatures, but Robbie had never, as far as I know, had never really had a problem with them or, or dealt with them. And uh, he was 17, and uh, he took a shot, or he was going to take a shot at one of them because he saw it, he thought, it, at first he thought it was like a giant razorback, like a hog, and then he then was like, no, it's a wolf. What is that? So he's looking at it through the scope, and uh, and he had a very uh, powerful pair of binoculars, and so he started looking at it through the binoculars, then he started realizing, you know, that these, that this this was something he had never seen before, and uh, he, he thought, man, this is a... Uh, a very terrifying creature. It got his, he got its attention by, unfortunately he, he whistled at it, which was, you know, if Mexicans folklore tell you, you don't whistle at things. Okay. You whistle at the Lachusa, it comes at you. You whistle at La Llorona, it comes at you. You whistle at this, the, the, the hombre lobo, it comes at you. Wait, so, so why did he, I mean, even folklore aside, why, why would you see that something like this and then whistle at it? I think he wanted to see if it was a dog. You know, he said it was like a, it looked like a large dog and he thought maybe it was a, you know, there was a wolf looking dog. And so, you know, because to this day, he's never been able to give me a good explanation as to why he did it. It's almost like a compulsion. I mean, you know. Well, it sounds like he got his question answered. <laughs> he sure did. And, uh, and Anthony, you know the story of what happened. He ended up getting uh, a, a chased on his ATV and he jumped off the ATV as he got into uh, a pasture that was inhabited by a bull. Now, this bull has been on the show of stories. No, we didn't have him on the show. He didn't come on and go, I'm just misunderstood. I'm, <laughs> you know, I have sharp horns and hoofs and everyone hates me. I have I have parental issues. No, that's not what happened. I sound like John Lithgow for some reason. I know. That's- 
is it John Lithgow the bull? <laughs> but uh, it, it's it's funny because like the bull's name is Simon, and if anybody's been following the story of the Hernandez Ranch, you know who Simon is. Simon is about as notorious as they come as a bull. In fact, he was so notorious that the dogman didn't mess with him. He was kind of like, you know, the dogman or BA, that means bad A, bad, you know, A's, but the bull was like the BA that the, the BAs didn't mess with. Let's put it that way. He kind of had the run of the place and he pretty much killed whatever. In fact, according to the legends that I've heard, he's killed, he killed other bulls. He killed, he gored a horse. He uh, almost killed a guy, stomped his guts out. You know, one of the workers uh, killed a dog or two, and he killed a boar. So Simon was one of the most notorious animals. He was mean. I mean, he was a bad dude, and these guys were legitimately afraid of him. So to jump off of your ATV in, in the pen with Simon meant that you were taking your chances with that over what was chasing you. So so uh, for those of you who don't listen to Dogman Encounters and don't understand Okay, that, that don't understand what I'm talking about, um, and and may not go back and listen to it. That that what I'm going to tell you right now for those of you who are strictly just PRT listeners, and there's a lot of you, um, I'm going to tell you, he jumped off of his ATV and he went up a tree, and the the bull cornered him. You know, it it, got, it kept him there in the tree because in this pasture there were only two. Like I think he said two trees, and one of them was like a dead oak, and the other one was like a live oak. And he jumped up the live oak and he went up it. And he just sat up there on a tree branch, and this creature that was following him, this werewolf-like creature, got down and it flattened its body out to avoid detection by the bull. And the bull was looking around like, you know, he heard something, he was sniffing the air, he knew there was something there. This thing was not afraid of these creatures either, I can tell you that right now. If he would have caught that thing in his pen, he probably would have charged it and tried to attack it. And they... Uh, even said that 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 they witnessed this bull attack one of these creatures. So um, that's something that Noah claimed to have witnessed. So I mean, and I'm going to take his word at that. He said my bull actually killed one. That's what he claims, and that the other ones took its body and 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 but they never came back to try to get revenge. So you know, you're talking about like an 1800 pound animal that's just that's I mean, 600 pound dog man versus an 18 something three times your size and probably you know five times as strong as you are. So if, if these creatures are purely purely flesh and blood, they had their hands full with the bull. Um, and even if you are an ethereal being that can turn yourself into physical or whatever, you're still not going to take the chance to be gored or killed by this. So anyway, the creature flattens itself out. Uh, you know, it got dark. He's sitting up there. You know, meanwhile, the ATV's up against the barbed wire fence and it's running and running out of gas. And he's thinking, I'm going to have to jump down off the tree at some point and try to get away from this bull and from this creature. The creature had the patience of Job because it just laid there flat. And he could see it, too. And it was like it was trying to blend in with the ground. And uh, he said it was reddish brown. And it did blend in with the ground. And he said uh, he was, like, waiting, you know, just to see, you know, if he could get his opportunity. Well, eventually, his mama got worried about him because he's a little mama's boy. Rob, I'm not trying to be a jerk, but you are. And and then he said, <laughs> I'm just kidding. But then but then he said that that he sees headlights coming down the, the gravel road. And sure enough, it's his two older brothers and and his uncle Noah, who was the only one that could handle that bull. And Noah got out and Noah yelled at him, hey, get out of here, you know, whatever. Well, the creature was behind his oldest brother. And uh, Andrew did not realize that that bull was that that uh, that dog man was there. And he says, "There's something behind you. That's why I'm not coming out of the tree." And he says, "The bull is put away. Why are you? You know what? Why are you up in the tree?" And he said, "There's something behind you." So he goes, "I don't see anything." Then he turns around, and this thing pops up. As the bull is being put into the other pen, then there's no more threat. So this dog man pops up. And is like ready to pounce. And then his brother literally fell backwards and rolled and then uh, jumped up and ran to the truck. And they all got in the truck and took off. And they all saw it, except for I think his, I think Jerry didn't get a good look at it because he was on the other side of the truck, I believe. I don't know. You have to go back and listen to the episode. But that, that's what I remember of them telling me. And uh, they said that the uh, the creature, I guess, went its own way and they, they bailed. And... Uh, uh, Noah always willing to take a shot at one of these things, which is probably part of the reason why all this is going on. 
Um, you know, he's always got an assault rifle or something ready to go. Uh, he claims to have shot at these things multiple times or actually hit them too. And uh, it doesn't do anything. He literally told me that it, that, that, that they, they will back off or go away, but they, it doesn't stop them. It's like, he's like, he told me literally, it's like the Terminator. You can shoot them, but it doesn't stop them. They don't get the hint like, Hey, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, whatever. So they don't want to be shot and they can feel the pain, but it's like, it doesn't, doesn't really affect them like it does us. And so also this guy was not just using regular bullets either, according to him, you know? Uh, so I, I, I don't know what to make of that, but, uh, so anyway, that was, that was, uh, Robbie's encounter that I told on the ranch, but there was more, there was more stuff that happened. And I'm going to get into that. Um, a couple of years ago, they were at the river, and I talked about this on episode 100 of the Hernandez Ranch, the return to Hernandez Ranch for our, our anniversary show. And uh, him and Jerry were with another group of people, and they saw two of these dogman creatures uh, come up on a uh, on the on a ridge overlooking the river that they were floating down, and. Uh, they they were like they saw them clear as day, but the people that they were with did not. They did not see them. They didn't appear to them um, like like Robbie and and his girlfriend, and uh, I believe uh, uh, Jerry and his wife. You know, and one of his, Jerry's kids, one of his younger sons. They saw them, but the people they were with didn't see them, with the exception of one girl, one girl. And she saw it too, and she, they knew she wasn't lying because she gave a description of it. And I found that out at later that there was a there was a girl, and uh, she was a uh, she was Caucasian. She wasn't Hispanic, um, and she was from San Marcos. And she she saw it too. Now, Anthony, we've talked about this before. How people see things on different uh, levels, right? Like uh, the the human eye, like the way people perceive things is different from person to person. And uh, the, I think the example I gave last time was that there was this picture of this dress going around on the internet for a while. Like it went viral where some people saw the color as white and gold, including myself, and others could swear up and down that that dress was black and blue. So, I mean, just it just goes to show that people perceive the world in different ways. And the reason that went so viral is because it kind of, it kind of threw people for a loop, you know, that the, the way they see things or don't see things, it's, it's not, it's not how everyone else does. Yeah. And the, for the people that saw it as blue, there is a name for, for what they're, uh, what, what those people are and they're called aliens. <clears throat> so anyways, oh, I was going to say wrong because <laughs> it was definitely wrong aliens. white and gold. The people from outer yeah. space. <laughs> But uh, yeah, because I didn't see that at all. I was like, "What the heck are you seeing? Is this a joke?" I mean, but anyway, I mean that just pertains to color. But the point is that uh, that that there are people who are more or less sensitive spiritually, and then there are people who who have like a wider range of vibrational frequencies that their eyes can perceive. So, yeah. And folks, if you want a more detailed version of that story, um, you know, you can go to episode one sixteen of Dogman Encounters. Uh, and then 136 and 137 gets into stripes and all the other stuff that went on. That and that was the beginning of the Hernandez Ranch. I kind of fell backwards into it. In fact, we worked with these guys for what a couple of years before I ever got the story. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, it was like I didn't know that these people. You know, it's like me and Nelly. Nelly, we were at the uh, big and tall store. Big and tall store. And that lady goes, "Yeah, my my mom outside of Lockhart." Mm-hmm. T- tell that real quick, like what she said. It didn't. It didn't. Uh, she said that her mom was driving to work early in the morning, so it was it was daylight, and she was headed to work in a, like a little Geo Metro, and, and it almost uh, got as she was driving, something hit the front of the car and rolled over the top of it, and she looked, and when she looked back, because something else had hit the car, there was a dog man trying that mean, to... She didn't call it a dog man, she but didn't. she said werewolf. She, she was, yeah, well, what a we know is a dog man, yeah. a werewolf, whatever, was trying to get in. It was running along the side of the car and trying to get in through the window. And then she... She didn't say exactly how she got away from it, but when she, her mom actually went back home and told her that... She goes, you're not going to believe me, but I was attacked by a pack of werewolves. Yeah. The car was attacked. And we're planning on trying to get a and hold of her. And she had to, said that her car had to have uh, work done to it. Oh, yeah. And we've heard that before. Mm-hmm. We've heard that before. 
so so here's what happened with the uh the the, the and, and of course we talked about those creatures at the river. Um but here's what happened. So, subsequently he he has moved away from the ranch. Robbie moved out, went on his own, and then he started kind of contracting for on his own because he he didn't uh, stop. He didn't want to stop working for his brother. That wasn't the issue. It was the company that they were working for because they were working them, working them, working them, and then they were slow at paying. And trust me, I know <laughs> because that can be an issue. And Anthony, you know all too well. And so we're, you know, we, he got to an impasse where he told his brother, look, I'm not waiting around for these people to pay us. I'm going to go do my own thing. So he started doing his own thing and he moved to an area that was Southeast of San Antonio and he worked, he lived up there for a little while. Nothing happened. Everything, it was uneventful. Nothing went on for, you know, about a year or two. Um, he lived out there and he went to, drove to work, no problems, but things did happen. They did start up. He, he moved to Blanco. And uh, he was living with a girl um, that, that ultimately became his wife. Um, and so she was his girl or living girlfriend. And uh, she had uh, two, uh, two kids. So he had stepchildren. The little boy was usually with the dad, but the little girl uh, stayed with him quite a bit. And Robbie's like a workaholic. He was always working. So he was coming home and he was hearing these stories of this monster that was in the closet. Okay. Now you got to remember Robbie had had that horrific encounter with this dog man creature and he really thought much, much of it. And the, the little girl just kept saying that Dada, which is what she called him um, because she, she was real little when they got together. So she was kind of like his dad. I mean, he had always just known her. She'd known him as the dad. Um, the other, the, her real dad, sadly enough, didn't really want nothing to do with her. Um, and so it's just pretty, pretty sad when that happens. But anyway, he took her and kind of just raised her, you know, she was like a little bitty kid. And so she would, she said, Dada monster, you know, Kokoi. And he's like, what are you, what are you talking about? And he, so he kept asking his, his girlfriend, he's like, what, what is she talking about? And she's like, I don't know. She keeps saying that there's a monster that hides in the stuffed animals in her closet. So. One night she, she cried and she wouldn't, she wouldn't, uh, the mom couldn't console her. So he went in there and he laid with her and he would read her story, go to sleep, whatever. And, uh, it was, it was, uh, a weekend where they had this, the, the, the little boy and the little boy, uh, was out in the, in the, in the living room, whatever. And, uh, it was summertime. So he had a, he didn't have a, a late, he had a late curfew. Like he could stay up later. The little girl had to go to bed early because she was still a small a toddler. And so he asked the little boy, he said, what, what is it that she's talking about? You know, because she wouldn't tell him exactly what it was. She couldn't describe it. And he said that one day he was in the room playing with her and, uh, that one of the dolls began to shake and it was some sort of toy that made noise. And so she says, Kokoi, and she points into the closet. And when he looks over, he sees what looks like two red eyes. And so then he was like, oh my gosh, what is that? You know, and so he gets up and he, he leaves his little sister there and he runs out of the room and goes and gets his mom. And the mom had a friend over and the friend was there and she was like, you know, let's, let, you know, let, I'll, I'll go with you. Let's two women. I mean, what they, but you know, they got a bat and they went into the, you know, and, and the little girl was not phased by it. She just said, oh, a puppy, puppy. She called it a puppy. And uh, they asked the little boy, they're like, he's like, it wasn't a puppy. It was some sort of red-eyed, like, monster, you know. And she's like, what did it look like? So the, 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 the mom's friend was an artist, not like a forensic sketch artist, but she could draw. So she asked the little boy to, to give a description of it when she drew it. Not kidding. Aunt Angela is, is uh, her, that's not her real name, but that's the, uh, I'm going to call his uh, wife that because that's very close to her name. But. Anyway, Angela said, she's like, I'm not joking. It looked like something from the howling, what the little boy saw. And she's like, it scared the the pee out of me. And she said that the little girl. She saw it when she walked in the room? No, what the, what the little boy described oh. with the red eyes. Mm -hmm. And then he started having nightmares, which led to him staying more and more with his dad. It's kind of a weird situation because the dad remarried and the stepmother 
um, is actually very close to the little boy. The little boy, uh, the stepmom and him get along really good. And the stepmom actually gets along very good with his mother. It's kind of weird. But, I mean, you know, a lot of times that doesn't happen. But that's good. So the little boy, he didn't want to be there because this was happening. And then this puppy uh, began to become more aggressive with this child um, to the point to where it would smack her and shove her down. And and then one day um, she had these like weird looking bru- a bruise on her lower leg. And she, and she said that it looked almost like something had bit her. And uh, they, they had a small dog, a little cocker spaniel that lived with them for a little while. And it, it, it they opened the door one day and it just ran away. Like it was just gone. Like, and it took off running and they never found it. They don't know what happened to it. But it would like whine and cry, and sometimes they'd hear noises, like almost like it was being kicked or hurt. And uh, eventually, this puppy, uh, she began to describe it as a dog. Um, then it became a wolf. So it was growing. Yeah, and then the wolf began to make threats, and the the wolf began to, um, like, like it's like it put its hand over her face one day, and like tried to make her stop breathing. According to, you know, well, that went on for a couple of years like this, you know, and they, they moved from, there was in an apartment, right? And they moved into a house and then they were like, okay, this isn't working out. You know, they moved to a house kind of out in the country outside of whatever. Well, he had never told Angela all the stuff that had gone on with his family about the ranch, all the stuff that was going on. And she was, you know starting to ask questions because you went to a family reunion and Noah's like, oh yeah, there's werewolves all over our property. I shoot at them because that's the kind of guy he is. Okay. This is a man that shot an AR-15 while I was talking to him and I had this, the, 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 the sound turned up in, in my truck and Nellie's laughing. She knows about this. And I had the sound turned up and I'm, and I'm sitting there on Mopac, you know, and, and stuck in traffic and I hear, and I'm like, oh my gosh, you know, and of course, I got PTSD from the sound of it. Oh my god! No, that's not what happened. But but no, the the it was it was a horrific sound, and I'm going like, what are you doing? Like you know, I'm shooting, and I'm like, uh, I'm on the phone with you, dude, and you just blew my eardrums out. You know, and this guy's an ex-Vietnam vet, and I'm not bagging on him, but uh, he's kind of a wingnut, and he doesn't really care, and he blurts it out to Angela. So on the drive home, she's like, "What? what is this about werewolves on your property? What are you talking about? And and why is it that you don't really like going back to the ranch? The ranch is beautiful. It's a wonderful place. Why don't you like going there? He's like, I, I just don't. Okay. So th- then they're driving home, back home. Uh, one day go, near the devil's backbone. We've all talked about the devil's backbone and something runs out in front of their car. And according to what she said, it looked like, like almost like a thinner version of American werewolf in London. And she was like, what the heck was that? And Robbie acted like he didn't see it. So when I talked to Robbie, Robbie goes, well, heck yeah, I'm not going to let on, you know? And I'm saying, dude, honesty is the best policy. Why don't you tell, he goes, tell her what? that my family is chased by werewolves. I'm not going to tell her that. And and I said, well, you know, and he said that it seems like the closer he lived to the ranch, the more that stuff would happen. But it wasn't always like of a physical nature. That's what's, that's, that's the weird thing. I mean, it's like, it's like there's that, but then there's other stuff too. So then Noah let it slip to her that her and him and Robbie were outside one day and they were shooting, uh, they had a bow because this guy's obsessed with weapons. And there's nothing wrong with that. I know Noah doesn't listen to my shows. So I'm not worried about him. He doesn't even watch TV. He doesn't even have internet. He thinks it's all, the, you know, according to him, technology is going to kill us all. But anyway, and I don't know if I believe him or not, but maybe you're right about that. Well, he's living free. <laughs> Broken clocks and all that. Free and wild. But, uh, you know, they were they were practicing uh, archery, you know, because Noah had always been his favorite uncle because, you know, he would, he would teach him about weapons and stuff like that. And he said that he goes, oh, there's one of those wolves. Well, Robbie was terrified of them after what had happened to him, in, you know, in, that, in the holler that night. So he's like, well, maybe I'm going to go inside. And he goes, no, 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 no. Let's take this one out. So Noah decides to pull out his AR and, and starts opening up on it. And he nails it. It was going on all fours. According to Robbie, he said, I saw it, dude. It was only about 60 yards out. And he said that it, it, he hit it in the back multiple times and all it did was kind of twitch and flinch and then pop up on two legs 
Yeah, I doubt you're going to take one of these things down with an AR. Yeah, and he hit, it, he hit cal. it several times, and he goes, he's like, dude, you got to just keep hitting him. You got to hit him in the head. And he goes, what is this, Walking Dead? You know, like, you got to hit him. <laughs> so he's, you know, he's, he's like discouraging his uncle because this thing is starting to get more angry. And he said, now this is what he said. Robbie said that, he goes, before my eyes, this thing got bigger. He said it grew. He goes, I, Wolf, I kid you not, it got bigger. Like it grew, like maybe a foot, its chest and its shoulders popped out long. It was bigger. And his uncle continues to, to you know, nail it. And he's like, it's not doing anything, but making like puffs of dust looking stuff come off of it. And he's like, this is, it, he goes, it was crazy. He goes, I, I don't, you know, he goes, maybe it was like, you know, so what Noah told him was very interesting. He said that there's two different kinds. He said that there's the there's the living ones that are flesh and blood that you can kill. He goes, but then there's the the ones that reanimate. Now, Robbie's like, what are you talking about? He goes, you kill them, but then they get they get back up and then they 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 move around and they're dead already. They're like dead, like zombies. Yeah, like zombies. And I was going like, what is he talking about? And then you know, of course, Robbie prefaces it with you got to understand my uncle smokes and drinks and does <laughs> a lot of stuff um have not talked to noah to ask him if that's what he's talking about and he did say he was quite drunk when he when this happened but he did witness this this thing get bigger and him shoot it and he said that the way to kill them is to knock them out and then you go up to them and you pour something on them and then you you burn them up that's how you get rid of them that's what Noah claims that he can do, that he's done this. Now, that whether I believe that or not, I have no idea. People at home are listening, going like... Well, it seems like a good policy to get rid of pretty much anything living. So Just burn it up, right? <laughs> yeah. He also claims to have dumped one in the river, and it got caught up in some branches and then was eaten by fishes. But, you know, who knows? Um, but he said that that was the one that Simon, you know, and then these uh, other dogmen came or whatever, he doesn't call them that. He calls them wolves. But they came and they pulled it out and took the body. That's what he claims. Now, I know, because I, I had been given two different stories, but that's the, the official story that he was telling, that Robbie had told me that he said. Now, I asked Robbie, I said, when you witnessed this, I mean, what, what were your thoughts? He said, my thoughts were, I'm glad I didn't shoot at that first one because it might have just done this, you know. Um, but you got to think about this, okay. If this thing is impervious to some sort of bullets, why would it have hidden from the bull? That's that's the question. I mean, you know, is there something uh, about uh, bullets that don't affect it? Is there something that it can do um, that the, that the bull can do that the bullets cannot do, or is there something that 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 a physical confrontation with another physical with a being that can hurt it, whereas certain types of weapons cannot? Maybe when it's when it's uh, flesh and blood and it's take on that form, it can be harmed. What do you mean? Like the bull c killed that one. Maybe mm -hmm. maybe it was you know in full form. Or is it true what 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 he said that these things can reanimate, and that once they reanimate, you can't kill them? That's very possible. He said all you can do is knock them out, and then burn them. What's weird to me now, when he says knock them out, now think about this. Is, is, is it some sort of like a spiritual thing where something goes inside of it and then, you know, you knock that spirit out of its body? With because, a spell or something. Yeah, because we were, we were talking about an, an exorcism that, that, went, that took place in Brazil, and we're going to get into that eventually one day, mm -hmm. where the spirit was knocked out of the woman's body oh, temporarily. Gosh. Yeah, I know. Uh, it's that, scary. It yeah. scares you, I know. But yeah. think about that, though. Is that what then, – then while the demon or spirit or whatever is out or, or its soul is out, then you can burn it? I mean, what is that? Oh, you knock it out of its body. I mean, that's all I can think of. Or maybe it goes into a hibernated kind of – I don't know. It just – Well, pertaining to it, pertaining to these things being afraid of Simon and, and not bullets, I'm, I'm looking at it a little bit more simply – I mean, it could just be that caliber that he was using is not really, is not effective. really, better, yeah, is not really effective on them. So, I mean, it, it's just like kind of pelting them with with rocks or something. How do you explain and it growing larger? I, I'm not even going to attempt to explain that. I don't know. Uh -huh. I have no idea. The but esotericism is just it's it's just it's. I think these, if one of these things gets shot with a 50 cal, then they'll have a lot more respect for that, you know, yeah. and they'll be afraid of that, just like they are afraid of Simon. Very, very possible. 
So let's get back to this creature in the closet. Now, here, here's the thing. Th this creature that was in the closet was never seen, never seen by a Robbie or, or his, his eventual wife. The little boy saw it on one occasion. He was supposedly, you know, in the bathroom and he heard a scratching at the door and he thought, poor kid, he thought his puppy had returned and he opened it and this thing was laying on the ground scratching at the door and it was like this black... What's weird is the description he gave was like, it was a black, almost like a black blob, but with like arms and legs that were coming out of it. Like, and it was like bubbling, but it was like a smoke. That's what he claimed it was. And then it's looking, it's like, it's like, it's, it's, it's forming. You know what I mean? It sounded like something that was forming. And, and, and so he ran out screaming and he said he ran through it and, but it, it had the head of a wolf. And so that was, that was, you know, they eventually moved out of that house. And then, uh, there was another incident, uh, where the little kids were, uh, I'm trying to remember here. I got the notes here. Oh, the daughter was playing the, with Joe, Joe and Nellie. We talked about this one. They were playing at, at the, at Joe's daughter. Joe is his uncle. So that would be technically Robbie's first cousin, that the little girl, but Joe, Joe had uh, some kids late in life or whatever, but they had a stepdaughter and, and, and his regular daughter and his real daughter. And then they were playing at a friend's house. And then they were joined by Robbie's uh, stepdaughter who he dropped off. Now, since then, he's had a, a, another child, another little girl. And uh, so anyways, they dropped the child off. And so these little girls were all playing together at a little sleepover. At a, at a neighbor's of a house that lived in town. This, this was in, uh, Wimberley and the, in the town of Wimberley or whatever. And so they ended up, um, having this little sleepover and they, in the middle of talking about this werewolf type creature that was living in the old house that that girl lived in, which was years before that. And she said that, that they, while they were sitting there talking about it, a, an object comes flying out of the closet. And now what was it, Nellie? I don't want to say. It's a Ouija board. <laughs> it was a Ouija board. <laughs> so we're told that this Ouija board comes flying out and lands completely open. Why do people have these things in their in house? In their house, yes, right? Exactly. And the little girl who lived there, okay, it was given to her by her older sister who had since moved out. And she said, I don't play, I don't play with that, you know. And the other little kids were like, how does it work? And so the the planchette, according to these kids, the planchette began to move on its own. And it said the thing. That's all it said was the thing. And they said that it, they, they, would, they would touch it and it would start sliding around. And it said the thing, the thing. That's all it was saying. And whenever they they looked into the closet, one of the little girls pointed and she's like, the thing. Like literally – and when she points into the closet, what do they see? They see <laughs> Nellie knows she's already heard this story. What did they see, Nellie? They saw a werewolf. Yeah, with red eyes, and it was standing there, and it started to kind of shake and shimmer, and then they heard like two loud thuds, just like like the like the feet, like it was hovering, and then it just landed on the ground, and it was vibrating, and Nellie's very grossed out. And it's standing in the doorway, and and then at that point, they the the, the thud like shook the house. Okay, uh, the the mom and dad were downstairs playing cards with some other couples or whatever. So the the guys come running upstairs. When this thing, t t tell them what this thing did. It just turned and looked at them, and then it it, it turned and looked at the guys running. The dads coming, and then in their direction. Back. Yeah, it looked back at the kids, and it raised its fingers to its lips to shh. Them, yeah. and then it poof and then it and then it turned into like dust or smoke but here's the weird thing it left ash like there was ash you know that they could touch it was like ash and and it and it and then it had a big grin on its face now this happened to these children and it it just completely terrified them and so you had this whole uh uh you know nightmarish uh, uh encounter and then one of the little girls 
um, ended up in therapy, the little girl whose house it was that they lived in, you know, that whatever. And the mom took the Ouija board and threw it out the window somewhere out somewhere. I don't know the whole story. That's what they were told. I was told. And, um, so, so that, that, that's what, that's whole, this whole thing was going on. And, and, you know, Robbie kept telling me, he's like, dude, I, I didn't, I didn't want to, uh, believe, um, that this was connected to what was going on at the ranch. Uh, but he said that while all this was going on, one night his dad, who's Andrew, not Andrew Jr., his older brother, but his dad, Andrew Sr., because um, Jerry, the middle, he's the middle brother, and uh, Andrew's the older brother, and then of course there's Robbie. Uh, Robbie said that 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 his mom and dad, you know, had a, almost had a wreck, and that his dad ended up, or the mom ended up having a mild heart attack. Well. When when he was called to go to the house, you know, and they had rushed her to the hospital, uh, he needed to go to the house to pick up something. I don't remember what it was. Um, like, I can't remember what it was. They said that she, that she needs her medications or something. So he went, but he went to the house because they had taken off, you know, went to take her to the hospital. When he goes back to the house, he saw what he thought was something walking outside the one of the windows and he looks and it's one of these werewolf looking creatures. Um, once again, it was black, not reddish brown, like the one he had originally seen. And he said that he turned and he saw it like dead on and it put its hand up on the window and, and, and he said that it looked like blood was on the hand and that it laughed like a laugh, like a human, <laughs> you know? And, and, and literally that's what he said. He, he said it was like, you know, and it put its hand up and then just like took off. So he goes up to the window and he said, right before my eyes, I'm staring at it. And he's like, there's this bloody, like human handprint. Okay. And he said that it began to like fade, like it began to fade until it just looked like a smudge. And he was like thinking I'm losing my freaking mind. At this point he had gone to a psychiatrist and tried to explain to him some of the stuff that he had seen. And then the psychiatrist was like, you need to be on psychotropic drugs, whatever. So he quit doing that because it, he knows that that's not the case because he just thought maybe, maybe part of it was being, you know, it was hallucination affected by, you know, what he had seen before, you know, and he said, I, I, I was terrified. He goes, I sat there in that living room, scared to go outside to give my mother her medication that was being rushed to the hospital. And they said, get her medication. You know, you got to take it to the hospital. She was on five or six different meds at that time. She's since unfortunately passed away. But, um, you know, he's like, dude, I, I had to take this medication or whatever. And it was um, something that was very hard, you know, because he couldn't even make himself, he was so afraid, he couldn't make himself leave to go outside. And he's like, this thing just messed with me. It's over there, to, you know, doing this, like, and he, he thinks that it was symbolic, like the blood on the hand was like, this is your mother's blood. Like, you know, now I'll tell you what happened. They were driving home and this uh, creature came running out in front of the vehicle, okay, a, a werewolf looking type creature with a giant head, is the way they described it. They said it was grayish black and it ran out in front of their vehicle, ran, ran, uh, backwards, like, uh, ag uh, like against like going, you know, the, along the side of the, uh, the dad's, uh, the dri the driver's side, sorry, going back to the driver's side, then, then, then making a complete square around the vehicle, like over and over again, like a rectangle. And then it would cut and go back up the other side, run by the passenger side, then go in front of the vehicle again, it was making, taunting them. making these really fast angular turns. And making them run off the road two or three times and giving his mother a heart attack. So that is why, and then, and then ultimately she passed, but, uh, he couldn't even bring himself to, uh, you know, get the medication, um, because it was so horrific, you know, and he was just like, this is horrible. You know, I can't even, uh, live my life. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm paralyzed with fear. And so he said that was the only one that he thought maybe was a hallucination. So then the next day <clears throat> he goes back over to his mom and dad's house and there's nobody there and it's in, day, it's in daytime. And he went with his friend, he brought his friend with him who we'll call John. Um, but him and his friend, John went over there and his friend saw it and it was basically just like a smudge on the window. You could see it and it was from the outside. <clears throat> so something was there. 
think this is straight up demonic. Th- that's what I'm thinking, you know. And so then here's what his friend John said. His friend John, who liked to smoke the reefer, <laughs> okay, um, he told him, well, you know, maybe we should – Maybe we should clean ourselves up, you know? Maybe I should. He goes, well, I don't smoke. I just drink. He goes, well, maybe you should stop drinking. I should stop smoking. We should just start going to church. Let's just stop doing all this crap, you know? Going to pool halls and, you know. It's a good idea in general. Just Yeah, whatever. Let's just, you know, and he, go, he goes, you know, I'm going to talk to Joe and I'm going to talk to, you know, Andrew and everybody and let's let's all just, let's, you know, let's just do the right thing. Let's all just try to be a good, you know, whatever. And, uh. Unfortunately for him, um, he was leaving a, a bar, and now this bar is actually right down the devil's backbone. And believe it or not, this is the one of the bars where I actually had an, an incident with what I believed was a ghost hitchhiker. And uh, he was leaving that bar, and he was headed uh, west down the devil's backbone. Most of the dogman encounter stories that I get do come from that corridor, too, the west side of it. And Anthony, you know that. And so he's driving uh, his motorcycle. This is like a, the next day after the whole incident where, where the mother had had the heart attack. Um, he's driving the, the motorcycle, and the same thing happens to him. This thing runs out in front, of the, in front of his motorcycle and then, you know, circles it and then begins to run alongside it. But it, it, is just, it just looks like a really large timber wolf, and he's looking over, and he's like, this wolf is keeping pace with me. He said once it clicked into his head, you know, he was going about 40, and then he kicked it up to about 50, and then, you know, then 60. And then he's like, dude, I'm taking these, you know, you know Devil's Backbone, Anthony. Yeah. You don't want to be driving too fast on some of them curves. No, definitely not. Those are Royal Canyons. You'll be in those canyons, and they'll never find you. But, like, he, you know, just you'll just fall off into the ditch, and who knows how long it'll be before somebody sees you. You know, so this this thing was running alongside him, and he's like, dude, this thing is getting closer and closer to my 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 bike and then it stands up on two legs and begins to run alongside him, and it begins to put its arms at its side like it's trying to like it's playing a game with him, you know. And so he he just like he just like slows way down, you know. He goes, "Dude, I did this very dangerous thing. I just, you know, almost stopped my bike. You know, just said I'm going to try to take a chance. Maybe this thing will overshoot me, and it did. And then he said he turned his bike around and he just began to haul the other way to go back to the bar." There's only two or three miles up the road. So he's like, you know what? Uh, I'm just going to go back up the, the the road, you know, whatever. And uh, and so he did. And this thing just, it didn't follow him. He got back to the bar and he had to tell a friend, hey, can you give me a ride? And he left his bike there. He said, I'm, I'm too drunk to drive. He's like, I wasn't really that drunk, but I, you know, I got back. And the guy said, yeah, but I'm not leaving for a little while. So he said he got drunk by the time he left because he was, you know, and he knew the owner and he said, she said, yeah, you can leave your bike. It's all good, whatever. So he gets, <clears throat> he gets a, a ride home and then goes back the next day, gets his bike. Uh, nothing happens that day. But the day after that, he's sitting on his couch. Okay. And this is uh, Robbie's friend sitting at the one that said, Hey, let's all go to church and let's change our lives. Right. And he says, uh, I, I was, I'm, he's like, I'm not going to lie. I was smoking, you know, I was, doing something. And, uh, he's like, uh, I look up and I feel like this, this gush, gust of cold wind behind me. He goes, and I look up and I see this black thing. And it was so fast. He said that this thing, like he felt two weird, weird, uh, uh, like clawed hands on his neck, yank him up off of the couch. And as he did, he looked up and he saw this thing snarling with his mouth open and it looked just like a black wolf with red eyes. And he said it took him and just launched him across the the room and from the uh, the his living room all the way into the kitchen, and just threw him across the floor. And then he hit his head on one of the cabinets, and then that was the last thing he remembers. And then he woke up, and his house was a mess. And uh, Robbie told me that when he went over there, that his house was like in shambles, dude, and there was like scratch marks all over the like like something had ripped up the the, the cushions on the couch. They, it had ripped up the the cabinets had been torn open, and he's like, unless he turned into a werewolf himself <laughs> and did it, you know, there was something there, but there was no signs of forced entry or exit. So, what could have caused that? Like, what what is this? Um, it doesn't surprise me that that this demonic entity 
attacked him in particular because he was the one who suggested, hey, let, let's, let's clean up our lives and let's start doing right. The devil keeps count of everyone who who tries to do right mm-hmm. and, and and tries to tries to keep them keep them doing wrong. I mean, wh- whatever you want to call it, the devil, the darkness, evil, demons, whatever it is. And I really do think this is a case of demonic oppression. How or why it's on this this group of people, this this family? I don't know. Uh, I mean, it could be a result of some sort of witchcraft that that someone put on them, some some curse or hex. I don't know, but it, at this point, this goes way beyond just just uh, having these things on your land and and having them harass you. I mean, this is like an, an entire. It's invading your life, like everywhere you go. Yeah, and, and what's weird, and, and there's one thing that me and Robbie talked about too. He's moved again since then, twice. Okay, when he was living south of San Antonio, nothing happened. Nothing happened. And and it's funny because that area, I'm not going to give it away, but where he was living in that area, southeast of San Antonio, do you know what it's known for? Bigfoot. He lived in a Bigfoot area. He even claimed that one of his neighbors claimed that they saw, they had seen a Bigfoot. They once saw a Bigfoot and him and the neighbor talked and he said, well, I saw what looks like a werewolf. And the neighbor looked at him like he was crazy because, you know, it's like even though he had claimed to have seen a Bigfoot, but then the neighbor's wife was like, well, yeah, I mean, the, 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 we've got those out here too. She's seen them too? Well, no, but she said she heard stories of them. Um, but that area, the south, south of Tennessee, me and Ken, Ken Gerhardt have gotten into it, not gotten into it, but we've talked. Discussed yeah, it. Discussed it multiple times. There's a lot of stories in that area of Bigfoot. Not much dogman activity, but he didn't have anything happening to him out there. He moves back into what I call the devil's backbone triangle. Do you know why I call it that, Anthony? Uh, because of the three cities that, yeah. that are, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, and so it, it's connected, and then there's a river, there's two different rivers that run that area, you know. Now, we know that that on the east side of this property, of, of this area, is predominantly where you get the Bigfoot sightings. There's been a couple dogmen, but mostly Bigfoot. The west part is the, is the dogman. And we all know this because we've talked to multiple people. We even have a guy who bought a property, <laughs> big mistake, he bought property adjacent to where they're from. Yeah. And they he's had a ton of stuff. And now since then, I've talked to one of his friends who also rented a house off of that property where he had a ton of stuff happening. And and he never he never did see anything, but something was getting into his garbage and it smelled really bad. And he said that his one of his uh children's friends had claimed that that they saw this giant wolf looking creature walking across the property one time and their neighbors they live about a mile up the road so folks that's all the time we have for today we're going to get we're going to finish this we're going to get back into this and in, in another in a part 2 and I hope you guys tune in you're going to get a lot more of uh, the return to Hernandez Ranch part 2 so it's going to be next week's going to be part 2 of the Hernandez Ranch part 2 if that makes any sense of the return to Hernandez Ranch the re return. So, the re 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 return. <laughs> the house days re 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 visited. <laughs> okay. So, anyways, this is what's going on, and we're going to get back into that. I did a lot of work on this, trying to get these stories together and trying to piece them all together and bring them to you. Um, so, I hope you tune in next week, and thanks for listening. And uh, hopefully, Simon's not got you up in a tree somewhere. Good night.